did, comrade. <laughs> Hello and welcome to What Do You Like? It's Maria and with me is... Hunter. Hi, I'm the editor. And today we are talking about the British comedy slash game show called Taskmaster. 30 second summary. It's great. Go watch it. It's a British comedy show based on improv with British comedians being willing to make fools of themselves and all the while the true, pure British comedy in its essence of f cutting insults is being flung back and forth between the panelists and hosts alike. They do it out of love. Also spite, but mostly love. But there is a lot of spite. <laughs> To take a step backwards, if you are not aware of the art that is cutting British humor, ways to see it would be Monty Python, to name one of the biggest uh, influences here. Uh, and actually, Whose Lines It Anyway used to be a British TV show that had an American adaptation. But I think to describe British humor would be when we were in college... There was a chain of events that has kind of been lost to time. Because it makes it a better story that no one actually knows what happened. It's pro to me, I'm just chalking it up to a clerical error. But our school does not have a debate team. And this is important. Because our school got contacted by the Cambridge debate team from the Cambridge University in England. And asked if they could have a mock meet with our school's debate team. Again, we don't have a debate team, but we do have an improv group. And our school responded to this prestigious university's debate team, this, this award-winning debate team. We don't have a debate team, but we have an improv group. Would you be willing to work with them? And this, they said, hell yeah, let's do it. Most likely, if I, if I may speculate, I was associated with the group. I don't think the school really cared or knew or did anything about it, because WPI, this is the sort of thing that WPI would just be like, uh, I don't care. Will this hurt anyone? No. Is this libel? No, or it's not printed. So they came over, and I was able to see two of these yearly debates. The first one was whether... There was a point to having debates. That was the topic. And the other one, which has a point of this story, was dating apps and if they helped or hindered people. So the scene is the president of the Cambridge debate team is making his opening statement. And this was the first argument of the debate. And it forever sits in my mind. It went something like this. And I'm not going to do a British accent. But you should. You really shouldn't. Someday, every single one of you will wake up and turn over to see sitting in bed next to you someone who is old, tired, haggard, and you might even have kids who are demanding, unthankful twerps, who have slowly taken away the spark in your spouse's eyes that you remember from the beginning years together. You will look at this gray fading person and you will know that they are looking at you and thinking the exact same thing. And you will both come to the conclusion that you'll do. 
dating apps give this illusion that you will avoid this inevitable fate, that there are better options, that maybe someone different will make your life an adventure. That is not true. This is not how it works no matter who you find. We all age and we all will die. Now, I want you to imagine this bleak, cutting sense of humor, but multiply it by seven and have all of them sniping at each other for about 10 episodes, and that is basically Taskmaster. The only part that I will quibble with, I don't think it is bleak, except for the one sketch about Laika. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Laika the dog <laughs> from, <Yes>. from Russia. <laughs> also, because we should have put this near the beginning, spoilers for all of Taskmaster, if you care about who wins and loses and how all of these things go. And... If you don't recognize any of the names, Google them. They're mostly British comedians, with the exception of a couple other British TV personalities. Yeah, largely comedians. They've had a couple random, more prestigious actors, and then a couple random Americans, because sure, why not? Britain's not that big. They've had one. They've had two Americans. Who's They've the had other? Desiree Birch is American. Yes, and, I know that. That's uh, pretty Kathleen, odd. Catherine Ryan is American. Catherine Ryan's Canadian. It's close enough. They're basically American. <laughs> ah, all of our Canadian listeners are now mad at me. You know where to find me. I'm not a coward. <laughs> okay. How did this show get started? There is a comedian slash musician named Alex Korn, and he, with the help of Tim Keefe, who was a season, who was a contestant on uh, series one created a show where five contestants each performed a number of pointless tasks per episode and then would get given points by the taskmaster and the person with the most points would win. So this actually grew out of a live show that Alex Horn had at the Edinburgh Comedy Festival or Edinburgh, some festival in Edinburgh where he got 20 comedians to perform tasks across a year, edited that down, and presented that at the in 2009. Then about five years later, he said, you know, this would be a great TV show. Said, yes, we should do this. And then either a producer or he said, but you can't be the taskmaster. Alex Horn, you don't have the gravitas to be the taskmaster. You're also not mean. I mean, you are, but not in the way that we need. You aren't comedically mean. So we're going to get a different actor to be the taskmaster, and you are going to be the beleaguered assistant. All right, cool, cool. So they hired Greg Davies, a goliath of a man, to be the taskmaster. He's also famous from a bunch of other acting things, but it's funnier to call him just a goliath of a man. He's pretty uh, happy with that idea as well, or at least he pre pretends to be, which, you know, that's all we can, that's all we can ask for. He has come to acceptance with the fact that he's 6'8 in a world that is not designed for people to be 6'8 and husky. And the thing is, is while he does tower over basically everybody, Alex Horn is not a, like a short guy either. He's also 6'2", so it helps that the Taskmaster just is a really big guy and it just drives the point home of their storyline of Alex being his beleaguered assistant constantly trying to gain his approval. Yeah, it works really well and I think that's one of the keys to the show in at least for the UK version of Taskmaster. Their interaction really drives the show forward. Greg as the figurehead 
works really well as being like, all right, you five people, dance for me. Do funny things. And Alex is like, I can't help you. Dance for the Taskmaster. I If, if I get him upset, he gets mad at me, and that's real bad because I'm sitting on this side very close to him. <laughs> and there's a great physicality in the way they've set up the set where the Taskmaster's chair is this wild, ornate, gorgeous throne. And Alex's chair is still quite nice, just smaller. <laughs> just it, the whole visual language of the whole show is great. And they've done a great job at having this back and forth banter where Alex has an idea and will do something and just commits to the bit. And about, oh, I'd say three quarters of the time, it does not land with Greg. No, because Greg hates pre-written gag ideas. So the whole idea that Alex is attempting to, to get his approval is just driven by the point that Greg's type of comedy is not around pre-written gags. Yeah, it works so well to have that sort of balance point where Alex will be like, all right, I have a mysterious third arm in my jacket. Well, hey, <laughs> that one actually gets Greg to laugh a little bit. But when it's the I've written my Christmas list and he pulls out a sheet of paper and he's written two things on it. And then Greg goes, that that was the entirety of the planning for that bit, huh? <laughs> well, we're just going to sit here and watch. I'm just going to anti-aircraft every one of your bits. Just, you're going to figure this one out. I also like the some gags where Alex tries to look cool in quote unquote cool he goes i'm trying a new moniker the bandana guy and craig is says nope not anymore <laughs> no you aren't it's like and it's me the bandana guy no he isn't so you might be thinking okay so we have our two stars of the show and now they bring on for each series five new comedian actors singers personality those contestants, their first task of every show is to provide the ante, what they will be winning at the end of each show. And they are given a prompt for the prize task. Bring in the weirdest thing. Bring in the best smell. And the way people go about these tasks has ranged from not caring to way too into it. Not caring, season 10. Way too into it. Ian. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> season eight. <laughs> season eight. We are Americans. We're going to use season because that's the terminology. Deal with it, England. So to name a couple examples of what prize tasks have been brought, and I'm not telling you what the prompts were for why they brought them. You're going to have to figure it out yourselves by watching the show. An opera singer. Hugh Dennis's Shoulders, a subscription to the Cloud Appreciation Society, which was also by Hugh Dennis, who does subscribe to the Cloud Appreciation Society. A wedding ring. To wedding clarify, the contestant's own wedding ring. The contestant's own wedding certificate, a stolen pair of the Taskmaster's pants, a box of melon, a reindeer skull, notable because this was the first prize presented of, of season one by Tim Key. And when they said, Tim, what did you bring? He just went, reindeer skull. A trip to Aqualand with Russell Howard's mom, a laminator, and stuff stolen from Greg Davies' house. Yeah, the prize <laughs> task is a really good way to get the show started because it ends up being, this is what you're competing for. And periodically it'll be, 
five things that are complete garbage. And it's like, well, guess somebody's taking home garbage. And sometimes it is several thousand dollars worth of stuff. Like in one case, one of the contestants came in and it's like, oh, I gave uh, somebody a check for, it was like $250. And it's like, ah, oh, that's not that impressive. Well, I mean, I have this envelope filled with cash and just hands it to the taskmaster. It's like, I guess you could also have this. And the taskmaster starts flipping through stuff. It's like, there's $2,000 in this. And he's like, yeah, deal. Yeah. Throw down the gauntlet. So that's the prize task. And that is the opening act kind of for each show. And it also uh, warms everybody up because this is also the time when the bullshitting begins. And you can go very far in this show if you're a good bullshitter. Because every item that you bring in has to be related to the prompt but there's always a chance to you know try to sell the fact that this is a good task or in season 13 for example because this comes up a lot sell why what somebody else has brought in is terrible and bad and not actually very good and this is when the british tradition of just completely verbally mulching your enemies slash friends comes into play. And it is a ton of fun because everyone is laughing and the person that one that is getting insulted just comes back and whips out a completely cutting remark in response. And the sniping is just perfection, in my opinion. Or somebody brings something in and they realize, oh, I have no hope. And they just kind of go along with it. <laughs> or it's somebody bringing in a poster from their shid. Ah, uh, New Zealand, you're great. I love your accent. Again, a reference to the show. Yes. One of my favorite moments for that particular task was when the comedian and legendary bullshitter Judy Love brought in a Rubik's Cube, which she didn't know the name of. She called it a Ruby Cube. <laughs> yep. They just very confidently full speed ahead. And it's a couple people kind of went, I... Nope, nope, no, no. Let her talk. Let her talk. How does this... Mm. Why is this the best thing to give to... The best thing to give to an alien. The best thing to give to an alien. No, please, Judy, go on. <laughs> and then she does, and it is very, very good. Yes. It, go it, watch that episode. It's a good one. It's season... Season 13. Yep, season... Nope. No, uh, season 12? No, it was season 13. Yes. Have confidence in your answers, kids. And that was uh, Ardell O'Hanlon... Bridget Christie, Chris Ramsey, Judy Love, and Sophie Duker. It is, in my opinion, one of the better seasons that they've done. It's a good spot to jump in because there's enough structure to it where you can sort of see where it's going, but it's also still fresh enough, and they have a really good chemistry yes. between the contestants. Yes. Kind of going through it, Ardle's very well-meaning but a bit bumbling. Bridget is... Just a little bit weird. She always just thinks things bit weird is an slightly differently. Just she'll go at something and it's like, we didn't think that would work. <laughs> it didn't work, but we didn't think about that. That's a cool way. Just the one clip of her laid out on a driveway, hitting a pot over and yes. over again. <laughs> She's also, she has a bunch of the like, well, this is a mental breakdown. Okay. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the lateral thinking of, sometimes it can work in other ways. It just, she just kept whiffing it. I don't think you've understood this task. 
because what you're doing doesn't seem to advance the plot and you don't seem to be able to support what you're trying to do. But it's good TV, so we'll let you continue. Yeah, it works very well. And she's, uh, every once in a while, it's like, oh, I see what you're trying to do. That's not how that works. And sometimes it is just, I don't know where you were going, but man, it looks like a fun ride. And Sophie Ducker is just watching it all and enjoying the hell out of it. She does have a few really good lines that she'll say, but I feel like she's more of an observer. She's more of like the audience surrogate of the madness that's going on around them. Yeah, she is very matter of fact, straightforward. She has a pretty good idea of like, well, I'm going to do this. And then also we'll still do the like, why is Greg Davies sitting in his chair with legs splayed over both edges when she's having a meeting with herself? And pretending to be Greg Davies. It's great. Go watch it. She does have a couple of out of left field moments, but I will say the thing for me that made this season was the relationship, like the friendship between Judy Love and Chris Ramsey, because we kept Chris for last because he is the kind of inner id of every person laughing their ass off at this show because he is having an absolute ball and watching Judy just bullshit her way through everything that she does she does it, it i'm surprised he didn't like pass out from laughter because it just tickles him to no end he is he is a golden retriever but he is just like yep happy to be here having fun kick back we're doing it this is a lifelong dream for a show i've never seen because they didn't talk to me in the first place, and I think I would have been great, and I was great, and they never talked to me. I'm only mildly upset, but now that I'm here, this is fantastic. So the fact that he's having a ball, he's kind of, he's everybody. Uh, he's a pretty good representation of just having a great time. So I think that's one of the other really key things about Taskmaster. A lot of the tasks feel like something that you could go do and you could be like all right here's a watermelon eat as much of it as you can in a minute go go that was like, one of the first tasks literally the first non-prize task of the show was here's a watermelon we've put you in a room in front of a table eat as much watermelon as you can we have not given you any tools to open the watermelon you can get tools but you that will tools, also eat into your time but you only have a minute yes and watching how every contestant would approach it, the stoic and calm guy who was like known for being very deadpan just smashed the watermelon open and just started like trying to eat him because he's trying to get the task done and he's very serious. But it just, you're just like, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> the juxtaposition between somebody doing something extremely seriously and then having it either come apart or go exactly to plan is a huge part of why this show is so much fun. The other part of it is as a comedian in Britain, you have to have a thick skin. It's a, a British person in general usually has a pretty thick skin and is good at slinging insults as well as taking them. And they are all getting just eviscerated and made fun of by Greg every time they come and watch these pre-recorded tasks which have all been recorded ahead of time and now they're being displayed per a couple per episode before the final tasks task of the show which is shot live and sometimes they don't even remember 
doing the tasks. So they don't know what they're going to be seeing and they don't know what their uh, attempt looked like. And so when it comes back, it's them like just either cringing or laughing like, oh my God, why did I think that was a good idea at the time? And so it's an experience for, it's a first experience for everybody in a way. And I'll put on my editor hat here. They also do a great job with editing things. So in series five or season five, one of the tasks is get the basketball into the hoop. You cannot use your hands. And the video for one of the people is he walks out. There's a basketball on a step. He reads the task, walks up. Basically, he soccer kicks the basketball directly into the hoop. First try, it's a great shot. Cuts back to in the studio. He's celebrating. He's wildly going around. And then very <laughs> quietly, Alex goes, I mean, we have a a bit more footage to show because it, they then undercut his celebration and go, yeah, that was his 60th attempt. Yep. We had been there for 40 minutes. Yep. And it is cruel, but at the same time, the guy is, Nish, is absolutely just like, yeah, it did take me 40 minutes. What can you do? I am not great at athletics, but hey, I did it. <laughs> And that counts. Well, Nish Kumar also has said, and um, they had warned him that they were going to present his attempt for the basketball task in a special way. So he was ready in a sense that this was going to happen, but that pivot with the knowledge that this is what they were going to do. And he was just going to completely play up this idea that, that he totally did it on the first try and you can't prove otherwise was honestly some really great like comedy just in timing and like just to juxtaposition and editing as well another part from season five is they have a task where they need to get the coconut as far away from the taskmaster house as they can in 20 minutes you cannot touch the ground you can touch something once but you can never touch the ground and one of the contestants mark Mark and Nish got paired together a lot, which is a through line that they mine like crazy. It's great. Well, they were the, they were each other's partners for the team tasks. Yes. They get paired together a lot and it's great. But Mark's plan is like, "All right, now that I've I've gotten to the front door, hey sound guy, give me a piggyback ride." So he gets a piggyback ride over to a river and he gets off the piggyback, throws the coconut into the river and it's great. And it's like, "Okay, yeah, you got it pretty far." And then they do a cut to, well, we, we think there may be a problem with this task. And it's a shot of Mark's feet clearly on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like, full on not even trying to not step on the ground. The thing is, is that they're filming literally everything in every moment. And there's not a lot of ways that you can hide, so to speak. So when contestants try to cheat, it's really funny. And sometimes they're just like Noel Fielding, who is a total chaos gremlin, I would say. You know, when he cheated for one task, you know, he was probably fully aware that they were going to see it. He just did it because <laughs> he was he was like, nah, chaos is chaos. Woo. You know, let's do yeah. it. It's all unscripted, but it's still an edited down. So you still get you get the best possible version of it. It's kind of scripter prov. Yeah, Scripter. scripted improv. Scripted improv. Improv with improv with a loose script. They are reacting to a script that they are being given. Yeah, that's some of our really good moments 
and I hope you can see that it's a really great way for comedians to show their abilities um, or lack thereof or lack thereof to be able to show how they can kind of like take it on the nose. But it's also screen time for them, especially for uh, younger comedians or comedians that are kind of up and coming because it has gotten so popular. People who are not from England to see these comedians and, re- and see them as funny characters and recognizable in for future endeavors that they do. To kind of pull it back to our previous episode on uh, the Sandman, at least three of the contestants on Taskmaster were in the Sandman to in some way. Asim Chowdhury, who plays Abel, very very good. It was very role. good. It is honestly really weird because I was used to seeing Asim Chowdhury as the contestant on Taskmaster, who at one point called Greg the big fucker with the ivory hair. <laughs> Which is not an inaccurate description. (laughs) No. Desiree Birch, who uh, was in one of my favorite scenes from the graphic novels or or the comic books or uh, the TV show, which is the the serial killer women for equal rights panel at the serial killer convention. And then in their latest season, Munya Chawala, which is how his name is spelled, is a Duke of Hell. I have not seen all of season 14, but the couple bits I have, Munya is kind of in the... That's an interesting approach to how I would attack this task. Apparently that's how they do it in Zimbabwe, is always his statement. (laughs) Yeah. And I think coming back to the casting and getting the comedians... Doesn't always work. Doesn't always work. There are a couple seasons that I think they overcorrect a little bit it's a little too toothy it doesn't feel good natured and i think that's my cleanest way to say it yeah you know how a lot of these people are going to act or what their type of comedy is like and you're probably trying to pair them with people who have similar uh styles or at least are used to working with those people because you know if you're not you know they can get annoying if it's something that you, if the other contestant doesn't find particularly funny. And I think they need to have at least complementary styles. I think that you can have conflicting styles, but the conflict needs to be interesting and it needs to be coming from a place of support from both sides. And that doesn't always come through. There have been a couple seasons where the friction has felt like personal friction rather than we disagree on how to do the task. It's felt a little bit more personal than I personally like. I don't think that's wrong based on what I've been able to find online. People love series seven and I tend to think it's a little bit too toothy. That might be I'm American, so take it with a grain of salt. That being said, like that's the series in with Rod Gilbert who has said on occasion that he misread the intention or the um, atmosphere of the show, like what it was going for. Because there, there are a couple ways that you can gain points or gain ahead of your with your attempt. It's you either play to Greg's character's immense ego or you beat the shit out of Alex using the task in some way. And Rod kind of did both because he's actually friends with Greg outside of the show and has known him for a long time. And he didn't really play to Greg's ego. He kind of just brought up like old childhood memories a lot. 
It's playing to the judge, but knowing when you can play to the judge in a way that is funny for everyone. Yeah. Inside jokes are great, but they are funny to four or five people. They're really funny to those four or five people, but... And then his his other strategy was humiliate Alex. Which, it does work more than it doesn't, but when it doesn't work, it is really like... Ooh, that's right up on what we could we yeah. should do. It feels mean-spirited in a way that I don't think the show is better for. Yeah, and at one point, one of the other contestants said, Rod, we can't just keep bullying Alex in order to do the task. We have to actually do the task. And that, I think, was a moment where, like, it was funny at first, but if you're just it's like, okay, it's Rod's attempt. Okay, he's like made Alex wear a bikini. Like, okay, next. You know, like it has nothing to do with the task itself. Like it just was really, it was kind of pointless and it didn't do anything. So, because even though it is a pointless task, if they wanted them just to be goofy in front of a camera with no real point, they wouldn't have given them a task. So that is a balance that you have to walk and contestants like Morgana Robinson she because Greg does hand out bonus points at one point she calls Alex a little fucker kind of under her breath I believe it's the first First episode of the first episode and it is like all right starting off strong I think the key is that it's personal to the taskmaster's assistant but it is not personal to Alex yes and every once in a while it's like ooh, that felt personal to the person rather than the role yeah if alex or greg feel like they've overstepped in their humor which alex not so much he's his humor is more very like subtle like well actually this happened and then he presents a clip where it shows them doing something like completely crazy or playing it on a loop which is always fun if greg realizes he's become too biting he will walk it back the big example of that was when you have a non-comedian on the show sometimes like even though they're able to take it on the chin they're not very good at slinging it back and Catherine Ryan who is a acclaimed and prestigious actress in Britain who was completely fine looking like an idiot for the entirety of the season like she took it on the chin she put up with it she's like yep that's what happened and she was fine she was really good sport about it because she knew what she signed up for by this point and she brought in for the prize task a collection of clay masks that she made because it was the best collection and greg just dug in and he's like these are shit and they really weren't that bad. Like, they were clearly handmade by an amateur. Yeah. So they weren't great, but they definitely were not nearly so bad as was being portrayed. And, like, at one point, one of the other uh, contestants spoke up and was like, I actually do like them. But I, So I think it was Greg just, like, leaning too heavily into his character and, like, to make fun of somebody. And he realized that later. And so at one point... He gave her, you know, the first place in one of the tasks. And he's like, are we okay now? And it was for the camera saying, you know, we're okay. Like, I'm sorry. Without actually saying I'm sorry on camera. And she did say again on the Taskmaster podcast that after that season, she did not continue working with Clay 
because she has moved to ceramics. So the thing that I think is very telling during that section of the show is she's not insulting Greg back. She's not defending herself. She's just taking it, which you have to be able to do. But it shows that she might have been hurt a little bit by that because she didn't bother defending herself. It's hard to defend your own art and defend something that you're doing. And also when it feels not even accurate, like that's the hardest part. And I do think the other contestants had her back on that. I think explicitly um, Milan was like, no, these are good. Like I would be happy to have these. I'm excited to be competing for them. And the winner of the season, sorry, we keep jumping between series and season. They're the same thing. We're Americans. Deal with it. Woo! Eagle noise. Then the winner of that episode and then the series, uh, Richard Herring, did indeed like say to her that they looked great. So in case you thought that people were ganging up on her, they really weren't. It's just Greg has such a huge personality for that show and such a huge presence. It can be overwhelming. I think it's really like only time that the show itself has gone too far. Yeah. Again, it's a TV show, so you can edit these things around. You can edit that back. I do think for the show, it works. I think that it's one that you couldn't art around carefully. And again, to be clear, I think putting that in last in in the prize task is an entirely valid response. And also really funny. Like, yeah. it, there is humor in being like, uh, you work really hard on something and it's terrible. The person also needs to go along with the ride. Yeah. And for the most part, like we said, she did. Yeah. My lovely wife, her first crocheted shark, she affectionately refers to as Derpy Shark. The moment I put his final, I sewed his final fin and I heard his little voice say, kill me. Yeah, it's, it's not great. <laughs> It is still handcrafted. It looks like a shark. We'll put it that way. It looks like a shark. If I remember correctly, you miscounted by two the entire way? No, it was knitting, not crochet. That's That's what it was. And I had never made a sock, which is how, where you make, like, that's where you have to make, like, the curves with knitting. So you need, like, four knitting needles in order to that. I'd never done it. And this was the first time I was doing it. And. I had no practice, and it was a mess, an adorable mess, but yeah, dirt, I still have dirt. It is good. (laughs) The long and short of this whole thing is, make what you want, don't care what other people have to say about it, but take their feedback. If their feedback is personal to you, they're the bad person. If it's to the work that you're doing, make sure you take it into account. Like, comment, and subscribe. Now that the show has gained esteem to the point of winning awards and they now have shoot-offs, not not the show itself, but there are, there is Taskmaster New Zealand. This, how much of a smash success this show was when initially no one thought it was going to work. Like, they had a really big get with Frank Skinner on the first season because he was a big name and it's been kind of agreed that if Frank or a name like his that is equally as big hadn't agreed to do this really dumb and silly thing the show probably wouldn't have been able to like kind of shoot jump off from that and become a 14 season long running show that has won multiple awards and now has 
shoot-offs of this show in Australia, I believe, New Zealand, and then at one point the U.S. And don't watch that one because it was bad. Because the U.S. doesn't seem to understand shows like this where you don't win a life-changing amount of money or opportunity. Yeah, American TV networks, I think partly because of how big the U.S. is, just never got a panel show format never became a thing that people had the context for so if you jump into it you kind of are jumping into it mostly blind or your only input is from a british show or new zealand or australia but there are taskmasters in basically most countries that have a large television presence oh yeah i think there's like one in sweden too and finland the nordic countries love taskmaster Kind of weirdly, but hey, Norway and the Nordic countries do your thing. I can understand why Sweden would be a fan of it, because one of the guys who helped out with the show occasionally was Fred the Swede. Yes. it's one He would pop up occasionally. (laughs) It's a show format that, I mentioned this a while back, but it's something that you could do. Like the internet comedy group Loading Ready Run has done a couple, basically, Taskmaster parodies of Askmaster. But their version of it was basically, here are four tasks, here are four things, here's four pieces of food, figure it out, do it. I don't think the general, like, understand, like, the with the U.S., with, with those kind of shows, with reality TV and game shows, the idea that, why are you doing this? You're doing this for a finding love you're doing this for a shit ton of money you're doing this for uh an opportunity that could change your life you're not doing this solely for exposure and a paycheck and a paycheck because they do pay the people as well yes you're not doing this and it always has to be like it can't be famous people or people that are working in the media industry in some way. It always has to be your average Joe because the idea is anyone could win. That's the American dream, right? So yeah, American TV industry just never got to that point. Like panel shows outside of the news never really took off. Like even last week tonight, isn't really a panel show it's a news show it's It's a news show that's comedy it has a couple little bits of it like there are panel shows in like sunday morning politics shows but that's it it never got into the comedy sphere yeah weirdly yeah because it is a great way for comedians to get work and i mean that may be part of the reason why it never came up in america because they would have had they would have had to pay comedians they would have had to pay people to be on the show and that means that rather than having you know an average joe it could be someone who understands how to like uh, negotiate a contract the failings of american tv aside and the failings of america aside (laughs) america We highly recommend that you look this show up. You can see episodes on YouTube. Uh, Taskmaster has their own highlight reels as well as some episodes. You can get their stuff on Amazon's Prime, and I do believe they have a streaming service. So, to wrap up, favorite series or top three series? Oh, that's hard. I do think that series 13 and like series 12 are probably the two of my favorites. Okay, so the most two most recent series. Two of the more recent. That rec- are complete. That, I, that season, like, there's, it's a hard one. 
season four as well. Okay. Hugh Dennis is an underappreciated treasure from that show. I mean, he became very much loved just because he totally leaned into the idea that he was going senile. And also, he subscribes to the Cloud Appreciation Society. My three, if you can only pick three, start with season five. I actually really like season 10, even though it's the first season that was at the start of the pandemic. I just love how little everyone gives a shit about it. Yes. It just, it works and it feels very time capsule of early 2020. We're all tired and we just don't want to deal with this. Yeah. And then season 13 is just a fantastic cast. Everyone's excited to be there. It was early 2022. There's a lot more optimism there. Yeah. I really like 5, 10, and 13. I think those are all really, really strong seasons. Yeah. And I want to say my personal favorite entry for a task, and it is a reoccurring thing where it's buy the best thing for the Taskmaster for 20 quid. And probably the highlight, one of my personal highlights for this show in general was contestant Catherine Ryan came in and she says to Greg for her uh, submission, what's your name? He says, Greg. She goes, no. And that's that's when everything just starts come tumbling down because Greg does not know what she did. And he is laughing and he is a little scared because he turns to Alex, who is also laughing because he knows what she did, which she bought him a lord, she bought him a plot, like a square foot of land. So he's now Lord Greg Davies. So yeah, she his name is not Greg Davies, it's Lord Greg Davies. And her whole persona coming into that of her going, I am going to win this and I am going to make him scared is just perfection she is very very good at being a little bit unsettling in that like blonde stepford wives sort of way she's just a little bit like i don't know why i'm alarmed but i'm alarmed she knows what she looks like and she uses it to her advantage she is also probably a pretty good example of a chaos gremlin yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but that is my personal like if we had to choose a part of the show that i can watch and no matter how I'm feeling, still laugh until my sides ache. That is that part because everyone's reaction is just spot on. I think my favorite parts, and this is not always the case, but my favorite parts are ones where people have a different accent and they call out their own accent. Uh, Chris Ramsey's like, bring in the best thing from your location. And he has a very, very strong- Jordy. Jordy accent. He's, he's brought in a cookbook. <laughs> a cookbook. And when he gets angry, his accent gets really thick. And so they go, ah, the Jordy's coming out. We oh, can't oh. understand you. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think my favorite moment is the shoe task from season 13. Oh my God, yes. Partly because the editing's very good, but partly because after each question, Chris Ramsey has to go, oh, really? And it's... No way! Yeah, and it's... it's, No way! And it is explicitly, they've chosen something that will play into his accent really sharply. And he knows it, and he plays into his accent. Yeah. It's all a great show. I don't think any of the seasons are bad. Some of them don't necessarily work for our tastes, but I think if you choose any season, you'll probably find some really good moments that'll make you laugh. Yeah, and I do think it is worth watching an entire season. If you don't like it, don't force yourself to watch it. 
I do think season four, season five is where it sort of really comes into its own. It hits its stride. Season four is a good starting point. I think season five is a really good starting point because it really hits its stride at that point. Mm -hmm. I think season five has a really, really good cast as well. All of them are great and we should really wrap up so that way we aren't just rambling forever. And gushing about the show and the cast. So thank you for joining us and we uh, hope you liked this episode. We hope you take advantage of the suggestion or you enjoyed listening to us basically gush about this show. And if you listen very carefully, you'll figure out that I had a task this show. Maria didn't know about this. Great. What was the task? The task was annoy every Commonwealth country. Oh, nice job. I got three of the 20. I didn't do a very good job. If you want to contact us and just say hi, give feedback, or give us a suggestion for an episode, you can email us at wdylpodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us at Instagram at wdylpod. You can say hi. I do like when people say hi. We don't bite much. much. Unless you're into that. At which point, no, we're happily married. (laughs) Goodbye!